Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to The Gallant Few, the Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and today I'll be joined by the fantastic Mr Scott Hodge. Hi Colin, how are you? And the wonderful Mr Craig McAdam. Evening guys. So before we get into, into the, the secondary stuff, an, an important announcement to make. I finally signed up to my jails. <laughs> Craig, I'm a staunch, I'm a staunch enough for you yet. Uh, it's pretty staunch, but tell them what, what tier of my jersey you are. Silver. <laughs> Room for improvement. As, as long as I get any tickets for Hampton, that's all I care about. So, it was a good day all in, Saturday morning, got my my jail, Saturday afternoon, scudding the sheep, you know, if, if Carlsberg made, made weekends. New, as new brief as well. I wrote a new brief, aye, and I've not written it off as of yet. So it's always, it's sorry. I know you want to hear about the Rangers, but it's such a good feeling getting in your car, knowing it will start. Not none of this gamble. <laughs> oh, aye, I, I feel younger already after driving it for two days. <laughs> but anyway, we digress. So Rangers kicked off the SPFL season. 2020-2021 at Aberdeen at half 12 on Saturday. The team lined up Alan McGregor, James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, Leon Balligan, Bona Barisic, Glenn Kamara, Ryan Jack, Joe Rebo, Yanis Hadji, Ryan Ken and Alfredo Morelos. Sorry if anybody relied on the, the predictions we made last week about uh, Morelos not being available for Saturday, so we'll come to that later. So, Craig, just looking at that initial lineup, we are going to come with Morelos, but the first thing that got me thinking, ah, I, I felt really sorry for George Edmondson. Uh, that was a bit of a surprise, wasn't it? Because Edmondson's been doing well at the end of last season, played all a pre-season with Goldson, hadn't conceded a goal, so I was a wee bit surprised by that. Um, 
it must be Balogun's impressed in training during the week, I think. And I think going by his performance, we've probably seen why he started. With hindsight, I reckon it's the right decision because I was, I was really impressed by him. Um, I didn't know much about him to begin with, other than he likes to go and big Magic Bagheera runs and we've seen a couple of them so I, <laughs> I was impressed by him even got a good teeter onto the goalpost so that's what we like in a centre half <laughs> So Scott just on that I, so I was actually panicking thinking this guy had only signed six days before no no not even any training matches under his game under his belt sorry I would have just been training with the first team but watching the game with my dad before kick off he actually he made a, a very good point he should be more match fit than any other of the Rangers players. He's been playing competitive football right up until now. Uh, do you think that showed? Aye, no, that's what I was going to say as well. Um, it's, it's not a year to be taking chances. You want to put your best loving out as much as you can. And clearly Gerard thinks he is possibly number two or number three. Um, it'll be interesting to see that, that battle go on. Who's he going to prefer when Hollander's 100% match fit? Balogun's, you know, obviously done well, but I, I, I see what you mean. Um, I was sorry for Edmondson, but I think Gerard just needs to be make the decision. That's what he's paid for at the end of the day. He obviously sees him as, you know, he's he's probably the most match fair with any player on team. To be completely honest, um, so he just needs what, as I say, probably the second toughest game in our calendar, Aberdeen away. So, uh, big big decision, but it proved to be the correct one. Yeah, it did pay off. I thought Rangers started pretty well. They looked very composed, and the game came. Sorry, the goal came very fairly early on in the game. Uh, Aberdeen had a free kick just outside the Rangers box. Uh, didn't really come to much. The ball broke to Tavernier just outside the box. Played a long ball into Yanis Haji, who dummied it. Very, very clever bit of play by Haji there. Alfie ran onto it. Flicked it on to Kent and Kent just outdone the Aberdeen defenders for pace and it was one on one with the keeper. Uh, Craig, I think if there's a Rangers crowd behind him there, he might bottle it a bit, but it was such a composed finish. I was actually glad that it was Morelos to Kent and not Kent to Morelos because his one on one finishing can be a bit dodgy at times. So, aye, it was a brilliant goal, wasn't it? Because did it start from a goal kick? I'm sure it was McGregor played it out. Aye, aye. And so probably. Within five, six seconds, the ball's gone from McGregor to the back of the Aberdeen net. So that's the exact sort of football we need to be playing in, especially when you are playing against packed defences. Um, I know Aberdeen opened up a bit more in the second half, but in the first half, it was all just Aberdeen sitting in and us dominating. So to be able to get the ball that quickly from one end of the pitch to the other is really impressive and what we need to be doing more of. And then Ken just shows his class, doesn't he? Just a wee bit of composure to, to tuck it round. And I still don't know if he's left or right-footed. Same with Hadji. <laughs> I, I actually said that. I was like, surely if you're in a one-on-one, you've got so much time to make your mind up. Well, I thought he might go around the keeper or something, but do you not put it in your bare foot and fucking pass it in the net? You know what I mean? Like, why is he doing it in his left foot? But, uh, I think, see, when you see Ken and Hadji both taking set pieces and corners with both feet, it just shows how... Shows how shite we were at football. <laughs> <laughs> well, people used to say they didn't know what uh, if I was left or right footed because I was equally pissed with both. <laughs> so uh, I get I get the pressure the guys have. So I think so that goal kind of summed up maybe how Rangers might be a bit different this year because for the first twenty minutes they 
they weren't worried at all by Aberdeen. But they seemed to have that speed of thought a bit quicker, like Craig was saying, a quick goal kick and then breaking breaking up the park very quickly. But you've seen, even when Aberdeen were sitting 11 men behind the ball, the centre-halves were so comfortable taking the ball. Connor Wilson didn't really look shaky like he usually does. He was picking a pass. Uh, Maggie, sorry, Balligan, he was happy to take the ball. <laughs> and, you know, we, we were trying different things. It, it looked as if they playing a, with a bit of freedom, almost. Aye, I, th- I think there's a big change of style from, from last year. I know it's early days, but it does look so. Could be with the, like, no crowds and things, but I think the... The intensity we're playing at's a lot better. Um, I think as well as like it's almost as if we're playing three strikers as well. Um, Morelos, people, and he got I know he got a lot of criticism in Sky Sports, but I actually thought he had a, a decent game. He was sort of like dropping in the holes, and then it was like playing two up front with uh, with Kenton Hadji. I really liked that, and that's how the goal came about. Morelos sort of dropping a bit deeper and playing it through and at the end of the day if we're going to, it's going to get them more goals and we're not going to be as heavy as reliant obviously we're not sure if he's away or not so I think it's been really promising Yeah, just on Morelos dropping deeper there I think it might have been Alan McCoyce after the game compared it to how Liverpool are set up with Firmino kind of coming deep yeah. letting Salah and Manny go forward so Morelos done that quite a lot but it wasn't all the time it it was just really nice to see Rangers not just do plan A yeah. where every every passage of play they were trying to change it up, they were using different different players, different areas of the pitch. So moving into the second half and I cannot be the only Rangers fan here. Even though we looked very comfortable, just because it was one 0 I, I think I've got the scar tissue that I just I can't enjoy the game. I'm shaking myself. Looking back, bar, bar the occasion when there was a bit of a scrimmage in the six-yard box and Balligan headed the, the post, Aberdeen didn't do anything, did they, Craig? No, that was it. Um, I think McGregor had... There was a shot from distance in the first half and then the, the scramble in the box. I think that's pretty much it, really. So, it, Although Aberdeen did come into it a bit more and opened up, it's, it's more just... Probably if you take the emotion out of it. Um, I've not watched the game back. I've just watched the highlights again. But see if you watched it again, knowing that we win one 0 I'd imagine it'd be a lot more comfortable than, than once you take the the nerves out of it. Because it is always just that fear of it's only a one goal lead. Is it two years ago we're up there opening day of the season, my one goal lead and Aberdeen equalised in the last kick of the ball. So, uh, scar tissue is probably the right word from that. And then you look back to Todger last season as well. We were two goals up and chucked it away. So. Aye, that's my only criticism would be not going on and getting a second and a third goal just to, to kill things off. Um, but I, overall, I'd say pretty comfortable. Yeah, and as Scott was saying earlier, earlier on when he was talking about Balogun, arguably the second second hardest game we're going to get away from home to to look so comfortable. Like in hindsight, that's that was a really good performance. I thought. So on the lineup itself. We've covered Balogun, how it was a bit of a surprise, but that, that did kind of pay off. How surprised, Scott, were you to see Morelos in and about training during the week after we'd written him off and then in the starting lineup? It is like that, you know, they're also talking about this could be like the highest fee we've ever received for a player. You know what it's like when we don't want to play him, risk him like 
you know, getting that transfer fee. But um, so it was a it was a surprise, but I think it would have been more of a shock if he wasn't playing. To be honest, and we hadn't signed a replacement, we literally it would have been a lot weaker, I think, without him in the team. Obviously, so I don't. It wasn't a big shock, to be honest, but it'd have been, as I say, more shocking if he didn't start. If he's been training, he's been playing in pre-season. So, yeah. Craig, I thought Morelos worked his ass off, and you know, last season he got all the all the credibility for all the goals he scored when he stopped scoring goals because no one else in the team was scoring. All the criticism went to Morelos instead of the rest of the team. But I thought he, you know, he wasn't fantastic, but he put the effort in. He, he played a massive role for the team on Saturday, I think. Yeah, I was impressed by him. And like you said, comparing us to the way Liverpool plays, I think that's pretty obvious. That's how Gerard obviously models his game and what he wants to have. Um, so it's interesting if Morelos does go and see what type of centre-forward it is we sign because when you think of Liverpool their main goal scorers it's not the centre-forward it's Manny and Salah so that should be Kent and Hadji getting the goals um, so it does take the pressure off Morelos um, dropping deep I thought it was quite good actually holding up um, spreading the ball like wide they was doing it against Coventry as, as well the week before so that must be something they've been working on and talked about in his situation, it would have been easy to just stand up front and not have any cares, but he, he put in a shift. Uh, the only thing I would say was when you look at um, Aberdeen, Cosgrove been out injured. They knocked back a bid, I think it was, for £2.8 million, and then he's out for four months. So the risk is, if we get £20 million due to come in from Morelis and you play him, then he gets injured, and that's all that money gone and no money to buy a new striker. So there is a bit of risk involved, but it's just that important. You have to play your, your strongest team, I think. So see how you are, you were saying like with Morelos coming deep, it suits some my only concern is it's going back to what we've talked about so many times is when Defoe comes in and we need to completely change our style of play. That that's not a Defoe position, like coming deep, he's the one that's always on the last man, he's sniffing chances out, just you know, classic poacher. So if, if do you think we have a plan B when Defoe comes in? Do you think we're gonna look at a target? who's going to be like this, Bobby Firmino or whatever, I know Morelos did well there, do you know, is, is Morelos the most effective when he is playing deeper or is he better playing how he was last season because we got 30 goals out of him like before Christmas? I think, I think if you look at how how Aberdeen struggled to cope with Morelos, so Aberdeen are a physical team but there's a lot of teams in Scotland, every team in Scotland has a physical defence but there's a lot of physical midfielders in the likes of Lewis Ferguson like when they were like Alfie was shoving them off the ball easily. Uh, nobody in the midfield could cope with Morelos. Nobody in the defence could cope with Kent at running them. There, there was a few decent balls into Kent. Uh, I think one in the first ten minutes was unlucky not to get the touch, but he left the defenders standing. I think just back to that different players for different games. The four the four when they be when they wouldn't it be worth a jersey in that game they're playing that style. Where the four will be worth would be at, a, at home to St Mirren when they've got 11 men in the 18-yard box and we need clever, clever passing, clever sharp runs. I think that's why it is so important that you have you have a bit of versatility in the squad, not just like for like. Definitely be interesting to see. I know we assumed that last week that Morelos was away, so if we assume it again this week, what what sort of striker it is that we're going to bring in? Is it is it a Morelos? Is it somebody that plays like him? Or is it somebody more like a Firmino that will be coming deep to link up the play and put more pressure and 
Kenton Hadji to get the goals, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, I think regardless, we need at least one striker in, so assuming Morelos goes, there'll be two that we're looking for. Yeah, bare minimum right now, one. That's keeping Morelos absolute bare minimum. So, on to the, who we didn't see on on Saturday. I thought there was a couple of interesting exclusions uh, from the bench. I'll just read out the bench. It was Calvin Bassey, George Edmondson, Philippe Hollander, Jamie Murphy, Nathan Patterson. I never called him Borna Baker. Um, Brandon <laughs> 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 uh, Barker, my hand is shocking. Greg Stewart, John McLaughlin and Scotty Arfield. And Scotty Arfield was the only sub of the game. Uh, so, Scott, Jordan Jones, Greg Dockery, Ross McCrory, with all three of them as kind of first team French players. What did I say about the, the Rangers' career? I uh, don't know, it's obviously early days, but in terms, just looking at that there, we have one person in that bench that can play centre midfield. Why is there no Greg Tockerty or Ross McCrory, you know what I mean? Uh, I, th- I find that, even if it isn't to the manager's liking, you'd like to think at a bench of nine, there would be at least two centre midfielders on it, probably... One, I'd say the most crucial position in the park. So it's um, you don't know, but I, I I find that strange. To to be honest as well, like there's not many players in a first eleven that you could think, or they could drop back to the centre centre of midfield. Really, I mean, they could, they could obviously put a shift in or whatever. But I found it really strange, uh, to be honest, and. I think they'll be on an unwanted list or like trying to try and get them punted. What about you, Craig? You the same? I think the fact you can make five subs and we only made one probably says quite a lot about how Stevie G is feeling about the squad at the moment. Um, obviously, it was quite a tight game, and if probably at home to St Mirren and St Johnson coming up, we'll see him use a lot more subs. But it's, I uh, it probably says he's not got a huge amount of faith in. And the players are there, and then there's the players that you've mentioned didn't even make the bench. So how far away are they from from actually getting game time? So I'd imagine we'll see a wee bit of a, a clear outcome in the next few weeks. Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's a double-edged sword. I, I do think looking at that bench and the players have missed out on the bench. It's not really a title-winning squad. If I'm being completely honest, we do need to add to that. But at the same time, we do need to get ready some folk before we bring MD in or even if we bring people in straight away when they get in there's some folk as well because we can't carry a, a 30 man squad um, and I think we are still maybe two or three signings away from a, a decent squad I think probably um, Defoe and Davis not been there they would probably have come on I would imagine um, so that makes a bit of a difference but I reckon there'll still be three signings to come in probably a midfield and two strikers and I reckon like they'll be higher standard than what we've got and it'll be ideally to improve the, the first team by the, the way that um, Gerard's been talking Just on Gerard um, by the way how good is his hairline it's, it's, <laughs> it's fantastic but yeah we call this a shite sandwich because I've got to compliment him then I criticism why does he wait to the 75 plus minutes to make a sub I thought Haji like it just wasn't Hadji's game. It wasn't if I want to try and um, I don't know. He's 
it was just an off day for him. I thought Arfield should have been on so much quicker, even before 60 minutes. Aye, I think a part of Aberdeen coming in, coming into more in the second half of the game was more just to do with fresher legs than anything else, because um, they were obviously using their subs a bit more. Um, so I reckon that's probably got a bit to do with it. But the last manager that always waited to make subs that done my head in was Walter Smith. So if it turns out like that, I'll be quite happy. <laughs> but at the same time, Alex McLeish always always made a sub at 60 minutes. Even... Or the, the Warburton double sub, 60 minutes every single game, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, OK, maybe I, uh, maybe it's not as black as white. Maybe, well, maybe what, what you're saying there, though, he's not got trust in some of the players in the squad is why why he's not changing Ella because he, he won't get the same level of quality that he's got in his first 11 and hence the need to have quality additions and you don't want to make a sub just for the sake of it when it's 1-0 at Pataudry at the end of the day isn't it so you know maybe he's got a point and we got the three points which we went up there for so maybe it's a get up you Colin Maybe it is, aye. Maybe, aye. Me, me and Gerald do have this public uh, <laughs> relationship, so that, that must be it. So, moving on to Thursday night, where we face Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, we're currently 3-1 down in aggregate from Ibrox, so would you think, boys, a quick three goals and we're back in it? See, when you think of the friendly in Leon, we won that 2-0 and did a... Was it... Was that Murphy? Was that McCrory? Remember, it was cleared off the line. So uh, it could have been three 0 away to Leon. So you never know. Um, I remember thinking a few weeks ago that we'd be fucked because obviously the German teams had been playing and we hadn't, and they'd be a lot fitter. But now, actually, it's the other way around, isn't it? We've been playing, we've been training, and they've not been playing the way when their season finished. So you would maybe if we can start pretty sharp and get a goal or two and get some pressure on them. But it seems unlikely. I want of high hopes. Um, so, no, I'm just I'm need to do, see what happens with it. I'm doing that typical pre-match uh, roller coaster mentality where I'll start down the bottom, just like, nah, it's done, it's done. And then the closer I get to that, I'm, I'm talking myself into they've not played in five weeks. We're looking sharp. Then by the but by Wednesday, I'll be booking my booking my flights to Germany for the, the final. Uh, what are you thinking, Scott? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, how? So, Craig, you're a you're a big football manager fan. How would how would you approach this? Put yourself in, in Gerard's shoes. Do you go all out? Fuck it, we're three one down anyway. Or, or this is what the podcast has become without Ian, <laughs> football manager wankers. Um, I think you'd probably use it as a chance to, if we do make a couple of signings before the game. Um, although actually they probably can't be registered, can they? So I'm talking shape with that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's difficult. I, I generally don't know how to approach it. It's either. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Go full steam ahead and hope for the best, or you worry about the league's more important at the weekend. Um, for the fact we're home to St. Martin at the weekend, you would hope they'd be able to rotate a bit then. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's a, assuming Morelis is still here if we go the same team as the weekend. So Defoe and Davis back, Scott, um, or they're hoping to be back for Thursday. Will they just take up places on the bench, or would you see see maybe Davis coming in to show up in midfield a bit more? Maybe yeah. Um, Davis is. Was it the the Betfred Cup last season? Davis was out for like a few weeks before it, and he came in and done quite well. So he's just obviously Davis to to keep playing at his age. He's got a great level of natural fitness so he could come into that game no problem play 60 minutes and then you know change it up but if, if Davis is fit I'd play him because he's he's got the experience I think he's got a bit more quality than Kamara he'll give us a lot more better defensively so I would I would personally if there was a chance Davis could give us 50 even 50 minutes I would I would play him um, before I can imagine He'll he'll start if he if he's fit he'll make the bench but I think Gerard in his uh, interview said he's maybe a week or two away so and Davis had a chance for Leverkusen so I wouldn't be surprised if Defoe wasn't in the, the bench but obviously if we're chasing a goal that's the man you want on the park mm-hmm. isn't it absolutely and I'll be completely honest I do fancy Rangers to to give Leverkusen a really really good game. Um, I, I dare say we'd maybe even get a 1-0 win over there if I was to pre- predict something. I can't see us overturning 3-1, but I think we've shown well, we're good enough in the European game to compete at that level, and we're going to we're going to be a lot sharper. Or we should be a lot sharper than Leverkusen. The thing, the thing is as well though, like going back to the point, I think Gerard's going to face criticism no matter what he does. It goes right. So we've had this system in Europe which has proved really successful. So if he goes to the normal, really structured and defensive, he'll get criticism when you were 3-1 down. Why did you not go for it? If he goes all out of tight, it's going, well, why are you doing that when it's been so successful? So it is a hard one to to think, well, how is he going to play? Is he going to play? Because remember, uh, Barker played a few games at the start of his. He played against Porto. He actually had quite a good game as well. And you know, you, you wonder whether he's maybe going to go for that and could look that he's you know, given rest till some of the players for St Mirren and folks in the league so it will be interesting to see what he does Interesting as well to see how they actually approach the game because um, I don't think they've really had any friendlies getting ready for uh, the start of their season again so you wonder if they actually have a friendly mentality going into it thinking we're 3-0 up use the squad a wee bit obviously Kai Havertz is their, their main man and it looks as if he's going to Chelsea so he might not be playing so I don't, it'll, it'll be an interesting game. I think it's quite an unusual position to be in. Um, and all we can really ask is, is we are competitive and see what happens from there. Hope for the best. Yeah, absolutely. And it won't be too long until we're back playing after Thursday. We host St Mirren at Ibrox on Sunday. Uh, this, is, I don't know, this is a game I'd, I'd maybe like to see a bit more of your Brandon Barkers, maybe even your Greg Stewart, Scott. 
Aye. I think it will depend on Thursday, to be honest. Uh, hopefully everybody gets through injury-free, but you don't want to underestimate. <laughs> you know, you just um, we can't slack off it's some on the home. We should be playing our best 11 week in, week out. And then, as I say, we can make five subs if we're two 0 up, three 0 up at half time. Yes, let's let's bring on Greg Stewart. You know the the rest of the, the rest of the team. You know the our fringe players. I think that's wise. But I think we need to we need to get off to a good start. We need to you know maintain a hundred percent record for as long as possible. So I wouldn't be taking it lightly. And they actually got a really good result. Um, the weekend one 0 against Livingston. I mean, I don't. I've I really don't think St Mum are a nice team to watch or anything, not being disrespectful, but I think the way that Livingston, they've got a real identity about them, but I don't think St Mirren necessarily do. I think they've made a few good signs in the summer, but um, yeah, I wouldn't be taking that game for granted anyway, um, especially after beating you know Livingston. Yeah, and I'd like to find that this Rangers team should never be taking anything for granted. You know, it's yes, we are a level above. At least it's Mirren, absolutely, but they still need to apply themselves because there was far too many times last season. In fact, St Mirren was one of the occasions they beat us 2-0 at Ibrox. Am I right? That was St Mirren? Or was it 1-0? After uh, the bye. Hamilton, Hamilton beat us at Ibrox. No, all these shite teams are the same to me, Craig. It's, um, <laughs> they, they should all just merge. Hurry up and merge. They can fill their stadium. <laughs> 16 league. Fill each other fucking eight times or something. <laughs> So as we are in the, the midst of a, a 14-year transfer window, the rumour was <laughs> still going mental. So the one that hasn't went away over the last few weeks is Zungu. This boy is it Amien he's, he's playing with, but he's a South African internationalist, so apparently he's quite a big deal in South Africa. Um, I'm not I'm not too clued up in my South African soccer, Craig, so <laughs> I know I, I know you've got direct links to Jberg. Um He's meant to be a, a combative defensive midfielder. Is that something that will add to the squad? or Have you had a look at pretty much every post that Rangers make on Twitter now? It's just comments from South African people demanding <laughs> that Sungu gets announced. I think they've got a few new thousand followers on Twitter in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised uh, if this if this Zungu deal was uh, going hand-in-hand with a new Rangers shop in Johannesburg. <laughs> Global brand marketing better never stops. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I know it's a YouTube video, so you can't really take that for, for too much. But the thing that's impressed me from it was uh, all his passes seem to be really direct and forward, uh, good quick passes between the lines. So that's exactly what we need. Uh, quite often we've got maybe a Rebo Hadji Kent making runs, but instead he'll just go side to side and back to Tav and that sort of thing. So I've Obviously, going by YouTube clip, they can't really read too much into it, but all the clips of them sort of directly getting the ball forward seems really impressive. So, I wanted to wait and see in that one, but um, looks like he's got potential and looks like he's bringing us a new following, so we'll take that as well. <laughs> I would love to see a YouTube uh, video of a player's worst howlers. I think you'll get a better, <laughs> a better summary of how bad or good they are, because... It just puts their good goals or good passes, but show me show me a player the worst and 
I'll tell you if we, he's uh, worth taking or not. That'll bring down his transfer for a wee bit. So <laughs> get somebody to post it on YouTube. I <laughs> shite. Um, so, Scott, I'd, I'd be happy to see Zurgo come in, going on to the what we spoke about early on with the midfielders. At first glance, we've got a lot of central midfielders, but when you look at how it looks as if how how much trust Gerald seems to have in the midfield. Not really much, you know. Only Scott Arfield was there. I know Davis is injured, but you know you've got to run the risk of suspensions, injuries, especially with some aging players. So I, I'd be happy for him to come in. What other positions would you be looking for us to strengthen in? Be the striker, obviously. So be interesting to see what, as we've discussed, what type of striker are we going to get? I think if we're going to get two in. It'll be interesting to see if he'll maybe go for a, a, a different style of, of striker. So you've got the four that, you know, the poacher. Is he going to then maybe bring in a target man? Um, and then, which looks like that um, Croatian boy, what's it called? Is, is it Maric? Or oh, Craig, you, you shared a link saying that some Croatian journal said he was rotten. Oh, I listened to that in heart and hand. It's quite interesting. Uh, in the interview of creation journalist saying that he's not up to much so that's worth a listen uh, that was quite interesting um, but I need to, need to wait and see about that one um, but he, he seems more like a sort of bigger centre forward whereas you do wonder like what we were saying earlier is that somebody's wanting to come a bit deeper rather than just somebody occupying the centre backs which is I think Kamar Roof would be interesting because that seems to be more his game uh, but then I've seen a few tweets and stuff going about saying we're maybe pulling out of that due to injury concerns of him but I think that was definite interest anyway mm, yeah so it will be interesting to see but you know and you don't know if maybe if it's going to have three they might test the Scottish market you know we've talked about the likes of Dykes or, or Shankland very different styles and you know they can obviously score up here so maybe as an option as a, as a second or third choice striker depending on obviously the situation there's, there's nobody I would take in Scotland as one of the two to replace Morelos, um, especially not for the money that the cops would demand. But I, I think it's fair enough that Scotland, we share a border with the most highly inflated football market in the world. We should every team in Scotland should be demanding more, more money for, for average players basically. But it doesn't mean Rangers have to pay it. I'm happy for us to go elsewhere. Uh, to Croatia, whether to get better bang for your buck. In terms of in terms of left back, that's probably the only one. Um, I'm kind of on the fence about, and I'll, I'll talk you through my rationale. James Tavernier and Borna Barisic, I think they're among the the first players, the first names in the sheet, even ahead of Morelos. I think I think they are so important to our game. Maybe a wee bit of bias, but Nathan Patterson, Ross McCrory, I'd be comfortable with they two at right back. I don't know if I've seen enough of Bassey yet to to say that I'd be comfortable Bassey playing that old cliche if we need a left back for Parkhead and Bassey is injured. I don't know how I feel about that. Am I being a bit too harsh because I've not seen enough of him yet? I think one of the big problems last season was, well, going back to what we were saying earlier, Jared's obviously modelling is on how Liverpool play their game, and if you look at um, Alexander-Arnold and Robertson how key they are to everything that Liverpool do 
and we are trying to do the exact same thing with Tav and Barisic. So one of the problems last year was if Barisic was out, you're dropping down to Andy Halligan, uh, Andy Halliday or John Flanagan. I just merged them into one player there, I think. <laughs> Andy Flanagan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, it was the drop-off, and it made a huge big difference if somebody was missing what the next level is. So I don't know about Bassey. We've only seen wee glimpses of him. So hopefully it's there's more to come, and we'll get chances to see him in the next few weeks. We've got a couple of home games coming up. Obviously, can make the five subs. So hopefully he is going to be a good player. But uh, he a couple of friendlies that seem to look a wee bit shaky. But give him time, Colin. Give the boy a chance. It's going to be hard to bring somebody in with good quality, though, that can fill that left-back role. wonder if Maxwell, he's he's a left-back as well, the young boy. Jamie Maxwell. Jamie Maxwell. Uh, you don't know if sort of hopes for them, but again, I, I think it will depend as well as how, you know, what injuries we get in the lead-up to the window closing as well. You know, it gives us a bit more time, but no, I mean, it, it is quite worrying if, because Barisic has had a few injuries in his time time here, so that's two years he's been here now. He has had a few injuries, so it is a concern, but the problem is bringing in a quality replacement who's going to accept being backup is going to be hard to find. Just when you mentioned Jamie Maxwell there, are you disappointed to only see Nathan Patterson being the only academy player to make the bench? Th- or is uh, it okay? No, I think I, I think Jamie Barjonas should have been there. I don't see a need for Hollander and Edmondson, and I can see Bassey because he's obviously can play left back. But the fact we've only got one centre midfield, I'm still quite shocked about to be honest. And I would have liked to have seen Barjonas because I think he's impre- he's he's done fairly well um, in his in the preseason. So. Craig, there's been a lot of talk of Jamie Barjonas going to Barnet on loan, League 2. So a couple of questions there. Um, I'll ask for your take on because I, I really like him, so I'll, I'll be a bit biased. Hey, should he be going out on loan at all when there's obviously midfielders that maybe maybe Jerry doesn't trust? And if he does go on loan, is that the right level for him? Nah, I'd be quite disappointed if he went there. Um... It's a difficult one because he's got a lot of good qualities and he has impressed me quite a few times I've seen him. Um, but he's now he's about 20 now, 21, so he's not a really young boy anymore. He's sort of moving on to that next step. I, I still I like the idea of us getting players out on loan to the, in Scotland to the Premiership. Um, mentioned it before on here. Part of me likes to think, right, fuck them, don't help any club out. But at the same time, it's good for us, it's good for our players, let them know the environments that we go to um, and then hopefully puts in good performances against Celtic as well. So it it depends what the coaching staff thinks of him. Um, if he's got a chance, he needs to be doing better than going to League 2 in England, I think. But you never know, sometimes players sort of develop a wee bit slower and it might be a couple of years before he makes it into the first team, but the chances are if that's the rate he's going at, he'll run out of contract and it won't get renewed. So... He's an interesting one because he's definitely got qualities. He's a strong boy. He's got good passing. Um, some of the youth games I've seen, I've seen him score good goals as well. So he's, he's got a lot of potential, but it's it's an interesting one to see how it, how it works out for him. It's going to be a strange one between now and the 1st of October because it's such a long time. Uh, you know, we've never really had a transfer window like this uh, where 
so much can change uh, over such a long period. So I think yeah. So I think if he does go, I think it's, it'll be because we bring someone else in, and there's absolutely no chance of him playing. But a part of me would like to see him get a chance, even in around the first team squad. Same with Nathan Patterson. I'm happy that Patterson was on the bench here. On to um, some other positive news. The the new kit was unveiled on Saturday, and it wasn't a shiter. It was actually very nice. What's your take on it, boys? I was more impressed when I seen it on the players. When I seen the pictures of it, I thought it looks a wee bit like okay. It's fine. It didn't really impress me too much. But when they actually seen it properly on the on the players, I was I liked it. And I was impressed by it. Oh, I thought it was really nice as well. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was so nice. I bought it on Saturday <laughs> after I signed up to my jersey. I need to try and get myself into this gold here. Can't have that smug bastard <laughs> laughing at me. Uh, merchandise doesn't count on it, unfortunately, for you. Does it all? Straight back get to us. That <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be eating pot noodles for the, for the next month and I don't even get any points. You'll get it returned straight away now, you know that. 100%. 100%. Oh, that's. Oh, that's just pissed in my porridge. <laughs> <laughs> so, some, uh, some other positive news, which I'm, I'm sure one of these will try and spoil for me. The new Rangers TV lineup has been announced. This I felt like I was waiting in Tina Park lineup getting announced, man. This was amazing. <laughs> actually overshot my expectations. So, I'll start with the headliners Walter Smith and Graham Soonis will appear uh, throughout the season. Working our way down, we've got Neil McCann and Alex Ray, who will most likely be appearing a bit more regular than, than the top two. As well as that, you've got um, women's coach Shelley Kerr, who will be making appearances. Tom Muller will be joined in the, in the commentary box by none other than Clive Tilsley. And there will also be appearances from Nico Katic while he's out injured, and this made me laugh. See, last week we were talking about... Andy Furtwis used in the payroll to do odd jobs. Is this what Cartish has turned into? They are. <laughs> I mean, He's injured, shoving him up there. Aye. Well, we're still paying your wages. Go and do something. <laughs> and Emma Dodds will be the host. So, Scott, that's, that's all pretty exciting. Aye, it's fantastic, isn't it? So, it'll be good to see... Uh, sorry, listen to like, Walter Smith and Graeme Soonis, obviously. But I think Clive's title... Uh, <laughs> Just, uh, Clive, Clive will be uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Just move on. I thought that was a big shock when I, ITV announced he wasn't going to be the main commentator, and he went on his Twitter and he put on a wee a wee spiel that this was his decision, and I kind of felt bad because yes, I can commentator. That's a big name. That's I, I, it's, it's actually pretty impressive, I would say, because um, he's for years he's done like Champions League finals, World Cup finals, yeah. all the big games. So that's actually that's just showing that the club is making a bit of effort because they've obviously said they want to try and get as much value for supporters who've obviously spent a lot of money on season tickets, knowing they're not going to get to the games. So the club they easily could have just stuck with. Tom Miller and Andy Little and just half-arsed it and which probably going back not so many years ago that would have been the case it's actually pretty impressive I think um, last night when obviously sort of rumours were coming about who was going to be I was having a think and I said 
said to myself it'd be brilliant if we get Walter Smith and Souness and the club's done exactly that so it's pretty much a, a dream lineup. I would say it's um, about as good as it gets Neil McCann's a good pundit as well um, Alex Ray so i happy with that I'll be honest I, I had in my head what I realistically wanted but also had in my head what the club will come. I thought the club would have got a shite the bed here. I was, I would have been delighted with Neil McCann. I think he's a cracking pun, cracking pundit. But my expect, my my want was Neil McCann. My expectation was Olivia Bernard or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was going to be an absolute. I will left field, you know, just encourage people to turn off. But don't want to delve into it too, make too big a deal of it, but. It's good to see the club getting a bit of pride in everything they're doing. The last eighteen months, even like the likes of the women's team, like they're they're now a professional team. They're spending a lot of money. They're getting internationals for all around the world. They've restructured the women's academy as well. Uh, sorry, the the women's side of the football department. And now with RTV, they they are trying to be the best. Everything they're doing, they're trying to sorry to steal the cash store slogan again, but. Uh, Better never stops. Is that what it is? That piss you um, <laughs> The right sentiment, you know, the right sentiment. Um, You'll see it in your top anyway when it goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only time I'll see it because I'm sending it straight back. <laughs> I think a lot of that all comes from obviously the non footballing side of it, from James Bisgrove. I think he's been one of the best things a sport's done since they've come in. Um, everything that he talks about. Um, I know we're laughing and joking about how many sponsors are, are going on the new strip and stuff like that, but it's still, still just income. Um, and then you look at the plans that's going on at Edmondson House, developing um, Bar 72 into Club 72, the, it's the Blue Sky Lounge, they're calling it, the boxes at the back of the Sandy Gardens stand. So it's loads of, it's just stuff that we, we should be doing, but we've not been doing for years. So I, I think he's been a, a brilliant appointment and hopefully we'll start to see the the financial benefit of having somebody like him in. And, and Scott, the, the big uh, thing for me with the commercial side there was a few weeks ago they announced they are going to finally get a, a stadium tour, like a, a trophy, like a museum, sorry, I lost words there. All the big clubs up and down, all over the world, will have a museum tour, like, uh, and they incorporate it into a stadium tour. But these are all stuff... and. I kind of felt bad for the board because there was a kind of undertone from the support, like, this is great, but why was it not done already? But I think we are quick to forget that we were we were down the gutter for 10 years and all of this stuff just, it didn't even, it didn't even pause the progress, it just went back to ground zero. I know, it's been left behind when you think about what other clubs are doing, so it's, um, it's really good to see and as, as Craig said, you want to build and it's, you know, you don't you don't complain when you're running, you know, you're doing the business on the, you know, in the park. But now we're sort of taking a step back and say, look, like just like use folks in the football. We need to make the club a better experience and you know more attractive. You know, to bring in you know like money and to you know tourists coming to visit as well. So it's it's fantastic to see, really, yeah. But it's as it long overdue. But at the end of the day, the board's new. You know. James Bisgrove's new, so they can't do anything about the past, but you know all they can do is improve the future, so it's been fantastic. Absolutely, and I think they're making an absolute crack and start tips, and will make it continue. Maybe one day there will be Wi-Fi and iBooks. 
I've, I've heard it's coming. It's rumoured. I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same kind of rumour as uh, Zinedine Zidane was got to come out of retirement for Paul Gwen. That's uh, <laughs> I'm putting that the same way up. You know, I'll I'll eat my words if it happens, but I'm dubious. So that brings us towards the end of the show. All that's left to do is announce the winner of the very first Gallant Pew competition. On Wednesday's Wednesday's episode, last Wednesday, we had an interview with the fantastic Derek Niven, who was speaking to us about the, his latest book, The Pride of the Bears, uh, a different look at the men and women behind the Barcelona Bears of 1972. He's very kindly offered to donate a signed book. And in order to win that, you had to share the post on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram and answer the kit answer this question correctly. What did Rangers captain John Gregg promise he would do if Rangers won the European Cup Winners' Cup? Craig, did you know the answer? Uh, something to do with his beard. Grow it or shave it or something. So, he actually he was actually growing it on the European run, but he promised he would shave it off if he if if they won if they won the cup. We all know they won the cup. And he shaved his beard off. So, Scott, can you kindly announce the winner? Yeah, so it's the winner is Alan Workman. Is that right? Yep, Alan Workman. Thank you very much for sharing and commenting the correct answer on Facebook. And thanks for everybody who shared the post and took part and everybody direct messaged us for it. Unfortunately, there's only one winner. But well done, Alan. And hopefully we'll have more more fun interviews lined up and some freebies, you know, for no, no shy arson, so. <laughs> um, all that's left to do now is thank my, my two Rangers pals, Scott Hodge. Thank you. And Craig McAdam. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 